If you feel nothing you ever do is good enough, or you are unsatisfied in your life, then this episode may be helpful to you. I want to remind you that I'm not a psychiatrist or a psychologist, but I do get energy off of people when I'm doing reads on them, especially when I'm looking at any blocks in their energy field. I end up seeing past experiences and I work to help them unravel them so that they might have balance in that area in their life or in their body, physical. Today I'm going to talk to you about the thymus and self-love. You're listening to Soul Awareness with Constance Mesmer. Thank you so much for tuning in. A lot of times I get people coming to me because they're not satisfied with their life and how they're living it, and they want to look at career paths or relationships that might be more suitable, or is it ever going to come, or am I ever going to know what I'm up to doing, and will I ever be happy because I feel like anything I do is not good enough. I want to do more. I want to do more. So the thymus is between the throat chakra and the heart chakra, and it's uh, in the upper chest, and it's a great place for me to look and perceive, get perceptions on the energy there and what might be stored there. In my experience, when I'm doing the work of balancing the thymus and the area of self-love in the body, I often, if I'm doing Reiki energy work, put one hand on the thymus and the other on the solar plexus, which is where our self-esteem is, because the two are quite linked. And also, of course, the heart chakra. So I might put one hand on the thymus of self-love and one hand on the heart chakra as I tune in to kind of unravel what's happening in these energy centers of their body, but in particular, the thymus. This is especially true when I work on healers and people that are sensitive or people that have had an experienced bouts of depression in their life or they're, they feel heavily burdened. Um, these are just areas, especially if they're feeling like, you know, I can't do enough. I'm, I'm sure I'm supposed to be doing more. I'm sure I'm supposed to be doing more. That component, actually, I'm going to talk to you more about in other episodes. You know, <laughs> stuff is so interlinked and it's so intricate and it can be so huge that I could spend too much time on each of these things if I went down the rabbit holes now. So I'm going to reel it back and just speak to you about incidences that I've experienced when there's a little or a huge hiccup in the energy of the thymus and self-love. So when it comes to imbalances in the thymus, self-love, I often find there's this sense of dissatisfaction or actually depression. And these can be linked, I've found, to loss of self in childhood. Conversely, a sense of respect, understanding, being taken seriously, comes from being seen and understood in infancy and childhood. That was, those conditions are when needs are actually met, when someone's needs are met, at least most of the time, right? But oftentimes when I put my hands on people's thymus and there's really that imbalance, it's because they were never seen or heard or they weren't allowed to feel what they were feeling. And they still don't allow themselves to feel what they're feeling. 
you have to recognize that your internal satisfaction and happiness and your sense of joy in yourself comes from who you are. And this is always, you've heard this before. It's not who, you, you know, it's not what you do. It's who you are. You are lovable for who you are, not what you do or what you accomplish. But those people that have the imbalance there in the thymus of self-love haven't really grokked that. That's not necessarily part of their truth. They might go, yeah, 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 I get it. I'm supposed to have this self-love because I just am. But they still are, they tend to be either overachievers, always trying to prove themselves, always kowtowing to others. There's just this imbalance and it, they're not satisfied and they don't have a sense of happiness or a sense of joy in their self and how they're pursuing and, and going through life completely as much as they'd like. So let me just get into this further. <clears throat> I remember being at the University of Iowa where I took child psych. I had a almost a minor in psych. I think I needed one more class. But um, I remember the concept of mirroring and, and realizing and learning that when babies are born, if the you know, the parent, the primary caregiver does mirroring, you know, where the parent imitates the infant's expressions, but while also vocalizing the connected emotion. Um, this helps the child or the infant, the child later on in life, even as they grow older, tie their emotions to the expression. And then this allows them to actually feel validated because they feel understood, especially pre-verbal, right? When they can't really talk. But it also teaches the child to connect to their emotions and what they're feeling. And then the parent then responds by soothing or meeting their needs, whatever it is. But let's just say a child cries because what, I don't know, they're hungry, sad, lonely, tired. Remember all those things? <clears throat> I used to have to do that with my kids when they were in grade school. Like, what's going on that they're cranky? But if it's great if the parent recognizes that, understands it, mirrors it, and then validates it by, you know, giving or meeting the needs of the child because they're expressing a need. I'm upset and this is what I need. And the parent then by meeting the need helps to teach them like, oh, this is what I need. <clears throat> it helps them to experience you know, meeting needs. But let's just say a child cries because they're hungry, sad, lonely, or tired, and the parent is unavailable for whatever reason. <clears throat> Maybe they're unavailable mentally or emotionally or physically or energetically. They're there, but they're not really there, right? And the child then learns other ways. They might numb out if the parent doesn't meet the needs they might numb out, they might deny their needs, they might suppress their needs. And, or maybe like if a parent can't handle a crying child for whatever reason, or if they just don't validate the experience, then the child quickly learns that, um, you know, maybe I can get attention other ways. If maybe if I'm well behaved or whatever, they learn very early on that maybe love and attention comes when they act in a way, one way or another, that is, um, a happiness, or maybe the parent holds them more when they're happy, or or they might learn that they have to do something to impress, you know, or they're cute when they're dancing or giggling, and then the parent laughs and giggles, and then so a child very early on learns that I only get attention when I impress them with what I can do or what I'm capable of. Now, listen, this is if it was chronic, right? When I put my hands on people, you know, it, it can be a blip, 
Like it could be like, there was just this disconnect and I explain it to them and I say, can you resonate with that or whatever? Um, and, and sometimes they say yes. Sometimes they say they know they can and I regress them or I say, listen, this is a great opportunity to journal something because this, like if, if for whatever reason, a parent or your primary caregiver couldn't meet those basic needs of linking the emotion and then to the needs and then meeting the needs, hungry, sad, cry, you know, um, anxious, whatever, then perhaps it's because the parent themselves is depressed and disconnected to their own feelings. And then they've passed that along to their children. This is how depression, I believe, can get passed on behaviorally, needs that were missed. Conversely, it's also, <laughs> it's how a positive sense of self and self-love can get passed on also when there's a healthy connection of one's needs being met. You understand what I'm saying? I hope you understand what I'm saying. So if this in any way, this um, kind of looking at infancy or childhood experiences have struck a chord with you in any way, I encourage you, you know, one option is to sort and solve sometimes this is what happens in sessions with me is sometimes I can regress them to a pivotal moment, you know, and sometimes that's all it is, is like one weird, weird ass moment that just set them off. And it just, then they couldn't get it. But sometimes it's chronic, you know, maybe you're in a family packed with kids that were born close in age and the attention was lacking and maybe, or maybe you were born into an orphanage setting where the babies outnumbered the caregivers. I've, worked with people in regards to that. Maybe your folks were on drugs or they were alcohol addicted, one or the other. Maybe your folks couldn't connect because they didn't know that they needed to, or they didn't know how. Maybe they didn't get proper connection or mirroring from their own parents. Maybe you, you were born to a mother with postpartum depression and she was absent or, um, you know, any of these things. So, it's in, I encourage my clients um, when I tap into it, sometimes it's beyond the table. Like the, here's your homework beyond the table. This will help you heal, like get to real deeper healing in this area of your being because self-love can affect everything in your life. So I encourage them. And so I offer it as an option to you is to sort and solve, you know, write it out or seek therapy to get as much of the truth as you possibly can. Um, and then, you know, I, you know, then maybe you can uncover your own story about um, any sense of depression or an, you know, absentee parent or not getting the full needs that you had met. This often too sometimes happens when kids are either neurodivergent or, um, maybe on the spectrum where their their needs are a little different than what a parent might be used to. And then it's later that they get it or they're trying to figure it out and all this stuff. And then the child then feels just misunderstood or disconnect. So, you know, God bless you. It's all of it. It's all of that. But anyway, for you in particular, when I work with people on the table and I have them sort and solve, I encourage them to mourn what they've missed, right? They need to mourn what they missed. And sometimes that's part of that is, you know, they get upset or they get cranky and, um, they're mad at their parents or, you know, they're mad at their primary caregiver or their situation or whatever. But, you know, it takes courage to look back, right? And this, I should probably wait and talk to you about generational healing, you know, especially if it's just one generation back. You know, I just, 
you're going to go through the phases of grief. People do. You do. When you start uncovering like, oh, this is like crap that's been layered on my being and I've been living with it. <clears throat> but hallelujah that you're recognizing it. Right? Wahoo. But when you look back, don't blame yourself for others. I mean, of course you might go through a phase of blaming. That's just natural, right? And what are those five stages of grief? I don't know. Same, right? It's you might go through anger, blame, resentment, and then finally you might be able to look and see with compassion. You know, where were your parents at? Where was your primary caregiver at? Where were you at? How were you as a kid? You know, um, I was the baby of the family. I was the perfect child. No, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's so bad. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, you know, what did your parents know to teach? What did they know to do? What was happening in the moment? What was going on in their life? Were they facing struggles that they just couldn't, you know, they could be there as much as they could be there and stuff like this? What were the effects of personality traits or economic uh, position in the, with the family and in life and societal pressures, all of those things, right. Can help us if we look with a full vision rather than just like as the victim, if we look and see with compassion, there's so much, uh, kind of opportunity for deeper compassion and love. I know for my own journey, I had to go through the hurt and the anger and the what the heck, um, I had to go through all that. You know, why couldn't they have known better? Listen, I'm not talking about my parents. I'm talking about a different situation. Why couldn't they have known better? Why couldn't they have done better? But it is something, it was an experience that hit my uh, uh, sense of uh, self-love. And so I did, you know, when I went in to look at what's going on here in the balance, what came up was another family member. And so it was like, oh God, why did I have to be in the wave of the shit of that? But once you sort through it all, which is what you got to do sometimes to unravel the roots of the depression or the roots of the stuck or the roots of the whatever. I mean, some of the people that have laid on my table, I'm like, whoa, self-loathing in the thymus. Holy moly. Let's look at this. So, you know, it's the awareness to do what you need to do. But then, then, the next steps are important. Okay, so you've sorted out how you got to where you are now. And now, guess what? <laughs> You're going to be your own caregiver, right? You've got to recognize like, all right, now don't deny your emotional reactions as an adult. These are positive self-love builders, you know, self-esteem, self-love, very intricately linked, like I said solar plexus where our self-esteem is and thymus self-love. You've got to do the heavy lifting to build positive self-love. You know, you have to unravel those betrayals of the past, whether they were self-induced, you know, even through grade school years where you were like beating yourself up or listening to the voices in your head that were like self-judgment. We're going to get to that when we get to the brow chakra. But for now, I just want to tell you, like I've told you before, don't deny your emotional reactions. You have to give yourself the attention that you deserve, right? Whether that's sitting or walking or feeling your feelings or assessing where you're at and how you feel about any given moment, meet your own needs. And in that, you have to develop confidence in your feelings and in your desires and in your wishes, like you have to be like, all right, I feel this. Is that what I really feel? You got to get deeper and deeper. Sometimes when you numbed out early on because needs not being met, 
your first feeling might not be the true feeling. Remember when I said sometimes um, anger is actually grief? You know, remember that podcast episode? Same thing. So it's about getting to the point when you can really name and claim your feelings and then you can acknowledge them and then you can honor them to what needs to be happen. So then you, so first of all, you have to develop confidence in your feelings, right? Do you understand what I'm saying with that? And your and, and in your desires, like this is what I need to do, or this is what I want. I'm unsatisfied because this is what I want. Why am I putting up with rah, 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 this crappy job or this crappy marriage or this crappy friendship? You know, it's like, wait a minute. You know, I know that, um, there's learning opportunities in all experiences. <laughs> Do you remember the challenges can make you bitter or better? But if you're constantly bitter, then it's time for change, dude. So, you know, allow yourself to know yourself enough to meet your needs and develop confidence in whatever your desires are. This isn't working for me. I'd like something better or your wishes. I, you know, I don't want to be doing this my whole life. Maybe I want to step out and do that. Because honestly, truly, 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 Depression consists of the denial of, of um, your own emotional reactions in a certain and any situation. So if you, because of your past, right, you've sorted through your past and now you have to rebuild yourself for your future, you have to be honest with yourself and not deny your emotional reactions moment to moment to moment to moment. Do you remember when I said soul awareness is going to be a spiritual practice? <laughs> Yeah. So sometimes these deeper truths hit you in a soul awareness level, right? They come bubbling up or you're feeling or you're getting anxious and you're like, you know, trying to push it away, push it away. And uh, it's about facing the, you know, the truth of your inner song and your inner knowing and your true self. So let's say you're working on your self-love and all of a sudden you're hit with emotional upset you're going to remember awareness, breath, care, noticing, okay, awareness that something's just hit me and my, you know, I'm hurting in some way, or it's kind of screwed up, um, breath to just kind of ground and center and get in your body so you can feel what you're feeling and care. What do I need to do in this moment for care? You know, is it one of those I'm hangry, hangry, hungry, angry, lonely, tired, upset with what they're saying? I'm being put in a weird position. They're not listening. I need to help them, you know, really hear me what's going on. You know, it might be if you're alone or if you're, you know, there's, uh, if you're alone, you could do these techniques. If it's just something that maybe has triggered you and you've left the interaction and you feel like there was a major disconnect and you weren't being heard or seen or honored or acknowledged in what you were kind of feeling. Um, there's always like before when I said, uh, you know, go for a walk and figure it out. But you can also do what's called thymus thumps, where you take your knuckles and wrap on your uh, thymus. And it just brings energy to that location. You can most certainly put your hands there and tune in. There's techniques too when you're getting emotional upset and overwhelmed, like tapping. Maybe you could look that up or toning where you, you know, belt out in song to just kind of calm your nervous system. If your nervous system has been thrown for a loop in regards to an interaction or an experience that you're having that has you uh, questioning your self-love and you're having emotional upset. Also, there's acupressure points um, or havening. Havening is a technique. Uh, those are just to name a few. There's several, you know? 
that you could look up or look into if you need like these kind of nervous system regulation techniques when it comes to uh, things hitting you and causing emotional upset and, and disrupting your sense of self-love. So then after you've calmed or come to center, just remember self-love and um, healthy self-esteem comes from true self-knowing. Like real self-care is about being able to take care of yourself on a daily basis. It's a real relationship that you build with yourself to nurture yourself. And it's about being honest with yourself so that you can know yourself on a deeper level and um, love yourself on a deeper level. And honesty is not always easy, right? <laughs> That's why people sometimes go to therapy or, um, you know, just... Uh, yeah, go to therapy to find true reflection on what's going on. But in that, it's about really building self-acceptance, where you're at and how you are and how you were in the past and how you're working to change what doesn't suit you. You know, it's about staying loyal to your moment-to-moment -moment truth in the world. And then, um, interestingly enough, the thymus is near the throat chakra, which is the next chakra we're going to go to. And that's trust issues, speaking your truth and communication. And so you, it's about really about speaking your truth to yourself so that you can, in, in interactions that are disturbing or upsetting, asking yourself in the moment, what do you need here? What do you need um, for yourself to do for yourself to, so that you're whole and healed and in a place of self-love. If your sense of self has been compromised from your childhood on for whatever various reasons, it's important to realize that, um, that sometimes uh, people in those experiences are unhappy later in life because they continue to search and look for approval or validation outside of themselves. They might have attachment issues or abandonment issues. And it's really about um, coming back to yourself. And sometimes that takes, you know, serious effort, kind of a training up, if you will, uh, a practice, a spiritual practice, day-to-day -day, uh, compassionate practice. In these moments, it's about recognizing when you're not having self-compassion, right? And recognizing that you do need to put yourself first. You know, usually people that are people pleasers have been trained up from a very early on, like, let me help you, let me fix you, let me be there for you, because I don't know how to be there for myself, because no one taught me how to be there for myself. And so some of us, you know, there's been times in my life in varying degrees and varying situations, I can relate to these statements. So when I find these on people's thymus, I'm like, oh, Constance, pay attention, listen up, you know, really coming into a deeper knowing of yourself um, and, and putting myself first in scenarios where it's like, wait a minute, you know, it's that age old example of the, you know, the gas mask or the, the oxygen mask, God, not the gas. It's okay. It's oxygen mask coming down and you put it on yourself first before you can turn and help anyone else. It's the same. You have to fuel yourself most wholeheartedly. And, and in that, you then can come to feeling good about yourself and not feeling guilty. You, you make yourself a priority because you have to. And, and it, it doesn't mean you turn away from others. It means that you turn to yourself first and then fill your cup first. And then you turn to other people too. And then it gives you kind of a, a greater awareness to your boundaries or your kind of your commitment level or your limits. Yeah. 
right? Because you understand yourself on a deeper level so that you don't give, give, give and serve, serve, serve until you're served up and are unable to do it anymore. You have to make sure that you're taking yourself seriously and recognizing that you're important. So sometimes you have to look at your self-talk, recognizing if it's negative and what it's trying to say to you, and then whether or not you can actually believe it. Because sometimes the negative self-talk is because we're unhappy with something and we're you know, bowling over something and it's it's our, our psyche trying to remind us, hey, look at this issue. Other times it's just repeat old patterns and we're feeling guilty or, you know, just stuck in this kind of rut of uh, being unkind to ourselves because maybe it was a, a pattern or an experience that happened in our youth or it was a way of survival, like putting ourselves down. So self-love thymus is all about kind of exploring these deeper issues. And it is, it can be, if this is a hiccup place for you, a place where there's some disgruntled energy or it's not in balance, it is something that I encourage you to kind of track your activity, track your progress, you know, make it adjust for today. I'm going to get through this and see how it goes. And, um, you know, a day by day spiritual practice. And in that, this is about, you know, shifting from just constantly doing, doing, doing in your life to really being, being present and relating yourself, relating to yourself, right? As someone you know and deeply understand. It's about giving yourself um, the inner experience of your full attention. To do that, you have to pay attention to your attention. (laughs) Isn't that hilarious? You have to attend to yourself and attend to your needs and be in the moment. And realizing that is okay to need what you need. It is okay to speak up for yourself. It is okay to ask for help when needed or whatever the situation is for you. Sometimes your self-care skills are buried so deeply or unlearned that as you're working on this as part of your own spiritual progress, you have to recognize the whispers from your soul, right? Experience are going are gonna to hit your soul and you're going to, um, you know, kind of have assistance, I believe, from your guardian angels, your higher self, and even God to help you take care of yourself. Because when you step on a journey like that, the universe rushes to meet you. So you might get outward signs or uh, soul awareness hits about maybe nagging feelings or things that you might want to do or uh, proceed with so that it will help to build your self-love. So make sure you follow the inklings of your soul, you know, because if you're going to start paying attention to the workings of your heart and mind and the connectivity to your feelings, this is a soul journey. And all of those pieces, it's like the story, I use the tarot deck, um, the mythic tarot. I adore it. In it, Jason is, there's uh, Jason and the Argonauts and he's going for the golden fleece. And when he finally gets the fleece, it's he's surrounded and helped by all his friends, intellect, intuition, strength, perseverance, all these things. That's off the top of my head. Don't quote me. But anyway, what they are, the friends are representative of aspects of himself. And so this is our journey too you know, which is what the tarot is all about. It's the soul's journey is that sometimes when we really want something bad enough, something as simple as positive self-love and a better life and a better way and self-approval and self-understanding and self-love are pieces of our soul that have kind of, we've projected onto others 
come back to us. And so it really is recognizing that every bit, if you really set the intention to have a better relationship with yourself and self-love so that you're not sad or unhappy with where you're headed in life or depressed or whatever, part of that journey, this is about the spiritual part. This is not about the, you know, chemical, you need these kind of medicinals and this kind of therapy. I'm just talking about you personally on this journey. Part of that is the awareness and understanding that your soul is going to leap in to help you. I mean, this is what your higher conscious wants, evolution, you know, uh, awakening, soul awakening. And so you've got to pay attention to the inklings as they're trying to bring you closer to relationship and in relationship to yourself. Because from that, it leads, when you start taking care of yourself and you have enough self-love that you put your boundaries and your limits and you you know, proceed with caution with uh, friendships or work or experiences that you're not so sure about. And so you honor that intuitive knowing of like, eh, I don't know. And then you, you know, you just follow all the inklings of your soul awareness. All of a sudden, you're going to start that strength training. You're going to start having valid experiences that pump up your self-love because you're going to be like, oh my God, I counted on myself. I stood up for myself. I decided to pursue that. I decided to close that door, whatever it is. You're going to, this, with compassion, as you approach all of these things with compassion, like forget saying, oh, I used to be this way. No, no, don't even talk about your past. This is how you are now. It's about moving forward, not walking backwards. You're going to come to a greater sense of compassion and self-respect, which will be fantastic because in essence, you're going to start recognizing how your feelings will guide you to your truth, right? And with that, you're going to actually end up making friends to your feelings. You know, I've, I've told you before that feelings are meant to be fleeting. There are some feelings that aren't like grief, you know, that takes time. That's going to take as long as it's going to take for you to move through whatever's right. Anger, it's going to take as long as it takes for you to move through. If you push it away, push it away, push it away, it'll stick around longer. you got to explore it and make friends with your feelings and be like, okay, what's going on? What have you come to teach me? So that you can process and move through it so that you can return to peace and a sense of self-love and a sense of like, you know, that source, which I've told you is your, is love, which is that abundant peace and love that you are. But your feelings are meant to guide you through life. And the only way that they can is if you honor and pay attention. So even in that, paying attention to what bubbles up from your soul awareness as you commit to make this journey in your life so that you can, you know, seek a greater sense of self-love will be fantastic. Fantastic. Now, when I was talking to God about this particular podcast episode, I got quite a few awarenesses. So the thing about self-love is really important because if you, if yours is crippled for whatever reason and you're lacking in trusting yourself and being there for yourself and being present for yourself and being present and honoring your feelings, you're going to be wayward on your path. You still have like a, a, a line on your journey for what you've come to accomplish in this incarnation. Cause I do believe, you know, I am in a, into astrology. I do believe there are certain things that we've come to accomplish in each incarnation. And when I read people's souls, I see that too, but you know, out of balance energy centers or out of balance things like thymus and self-love it will be a wayward path. It'll be a weaving, you know, you'll go this way and that way, and it'll be full of angst and frustration. 
because you know you you if you're not if you're kind of hiccuping on the self-love thing then you're not going to really be trusting yourself and you're going to be like oh you can't possibly do that wish or that dream because you don't have it in you or whatever and so this is about you building confidence in yourself and um appreciation for yourself and not looking for the validation outside of you and really focusing in on yourself because god told me and I'm going to talk to you like you directly, when you are brave enough to take a chance, even the slightest step into your power and onto your path, boldness, there's co-creating, it's life-changing. It reveals the journey before you, which may not be what you expect at all. Instead, it'll be so much more and so much more fulfilling and heart-shatteringly unimaginable, miraculous, and mystical in many ways. This is how you're meant to live in step with your true self. But sometimes when people head down that path of like, they've opened up the thymus of self-love, they're like, all right, great, I'm going to do this. And then all of a sudden the floodgates open and they're aware of like what it is they want to do. Remember how I said the thymus self-love is also kind of, all the chakras have a little bit to do with each other. But in my experience with the work that I've done, the thymus and the solar plexus are really tied. And again, remember solar plexus is personal power, self-esteem, who you are, what you came to do. You can't do that as well without self-love. So these two, sometimes what happens when people start understanding and have appreciation to self-love. And for me, sometimes what I do is I bring those people on my table into the light of God so that they can feel the infinite love that is abounding and that there is part of from source. And what happens then is the overwhelm of kind of forgiveness for self of like, oh, okay, I'm going to, all that stuff drops away. I am stepping forward onto my path, you know, this kind of thing for the people on my table or in front of me. And they just need to pursue what it is that they are, who they are. But sometimes the overwhelm of that is so huge that people do it for a little bit. They come for a read. They're in that space of love and that amazing awakening. And then they go off and they start their life. And listen, I've done this too. And then it's kind of overwhelming and it's miraculous and unbelievable and all the signs and everything's fallen into place. And then they kind of freak out because it's so not the norm, maybe. Anyway, they run, push it away, hide, cower, turn their attention elsewhere. They're like, this is too freaky. I can't handle it. But instead, God invites us to abandon ourselves to the power of love, to the source power, to the infinite vastness of our own being and not play small. You know, I love that Marianne Williamson quote. I've shared with it. You, you have shared it with you before and I won't repeat it again, but you are amazing. And part of that is the space of self-love. So if I were to um, say that there's any chakra that I would really recommend you falling asleep with your hands on or whatever, or meditating time in with your hands on the, a chakra, it would be the thymus, which is not even a major chakra, right? Which is why I'm like, I don't care. I'm going to bringing it in here. Well, we are. I don't, I don't, uh, I get definitely direction from spirit even though it just sounds like I'm talking to you, but we've been through this before. I'm like, I'm sure you know when I'm like listening because I do those big ass pauses. So it would be this, 
the thymus, you know, putting your hands on your thymus and knowing you are loved. So do that now with me. Put your hands on your thymus. Again, it's in your upper chest. It's just beneath your neck and yeah, just beneath your neck. And uh, you are loved. You are loved. You are loved. And you are lovable. And you are magnanimous. You are loved. You are so loved. I am telling you. I am telling you, I am telling you, I am telling you, I know you know this. If you close your eyes, put your hands on your heart, don't let any of that negative bullshit come up and derail you. You are lovable just for who you are, not what you do. It's because you are amazingly the only you and you are lovable. And you are worth your time and energy and attention. And it doesn't matter, really, in some ways, what happened in your past. Unravel it if you need to. Do you remember before I've told you there's many ways I can get the pain out of people? I either have to regress them to the story and help them kind of resolve it or look and see if there's any apologies that need to be made or maybe even look at the other soul that damaged them so because maybe the other soul or person was so freaking ignorant or in the darkness or in their crap passed on that they couldn't be anything other than what they were even though it was horrible you know so sometimes i have to regress them to there to whether they're they've they then move to forgiveness or just put up a wall of like i don't want your energy near me anymore, which is totally fine. Hello. Um, sometimes that's what's needed to release the past. Sometimes it's just the awareness of I went through that and that's not me. I am going to be these steps forward. And then sometimes it's just the releasing of all that. It's just an energetic release of I'm going forward. And so that's what I wish for you is that release. And, uh, going forward. Definitely look back if you need to, but don't get stuck back there. Don't get stuck back there. When people come to me and they're like, well, why, why did I have to go through that? I mean, I think the same myself at various times about my ex personal experiences. I'm like, WTF, man. <laughs> but we're going to get to that when we get to karma. Don't you worry. But I'm not saying it's karma. I'm just saying I'm going to address all of that when I get to the karma chakra. I think that would be a great episode to look and explore all of the why. Why, why me? When I first began doing my work as, um, you know, someone that reads souls and does energy work and everything, I never would have imagined how much God would link or source uh, great spirit, all that is, would link my external world with my internal world, with my kind of psychic world. And I've told you before, um, you know, I, I too follow my soul awareness to do what God wants me to do. And it is a journey of awakening. And so throughout my experience, even early on in my life, I've always been drawn to reading kind of self-help books. 
And it's always been a go-to from, um, usually it's my guardian angel that leads me to certain books to read. And it's usually very timely, like it's necessary timely. I feel like this push, 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 push. Now you've got to read it. You've got to read it. Now, I, it's fascinating for me because there's been times in my work in the past, I don't know, since the, what was it, late 80s, um, when I started this stuff, reading tarot and that, I, uh, you know, I would be compelled to read certain things and I knew it was not me doing that. It was spirit. And when I honored that, I was always, it would always come out later. Oh, source that book or source that concept in that book, especially if it had to do with psychological effects or issues or whatnot. And there were times when I didn't always, or I put it off and I was always regretting because then I would go back and read the book and later, and then I would be like, ah, oh, darn, I wish I would have had this information when the time was lined up and spirits like, <clears throat> you know, we told you, told you so not in a mean way. It was just hilarious, really. So I've learned through my own, um, work with, uh, my reads and everything that, uh, you know, I, my forte, I think I told you this, I don't really do me medical mediumship. That's not my thing. I don't find people or whatnot. And I used to do animal communication, which I was quite good at, but I, it was kind of started fading away because I knew that wasn't where my work really, really was, forte was. I really am drawn to unravel and help and assist with the psychological, spiritual aspects. And so prior to this particular episode recording, um, and in my past, I've read two books that I was like, wow, this is like, these books, having these kind of in my pocket when I was doing reads on people or had them on my table, sometimes book covers would come to me and I'd be like, oh, quick database, what was in that book that, that spirit's showing me that book again, that I'm supposed to bring it up to the person, that maybe it's a book they should read, or it's, you know, that the session goes beyond the treatment table or beyond the read, that it's some little soul homework for them. So two of the books that I am um, drawn to currently with this episode, I want to mention to you. These I offer for further reading. If it kind of hit you in regards to when I was expressing the bit about, you know, infancy and mother not really connecting or a primary caregiver not connecting with the child, and then the child then all of a sudden later in life, you know, looking for approval outside themselves or always, you know, feeling like they don't do enough, they don't do enough. Um, and over always trying to prove themselves or their worth. A book that I recommend is by Alice Miller. It's called The Drama of the Gifted Child, The Search for True Self, The Search for the True Self, sorry. So Alice Miller, The Drama of the Gifted Child, The Search for True, the True Self. God, I'm stumbling over that one. The other book that might be interesting for women sorry guys, but um, women, or maybe you know women that need this, is a book by Nancy Collier, C-O-L-I-E-R. It's called The Emotionally Exhausted Woman, When You're Feeling Depleted and How to Get What You Need. That's a lovely book. It's about um, 
you know, self-love and taking care of yourself. And it's really got some wonderful pointers in it. It was, uh, I don't know, it just was an interesting read. I think you might find it helpful if, if you're drawn to that or, you know, search up both of them and uh, see what you think. And just for further kind of exploration. I do love it when spirit does that, when they push me to watch a movie or I watch a movie. Remember I told you the, uh, how to make an American quilt. I had watched it the night before and then that happened to come up in a read, you know, cause they're very active in our inner and outer world. You know, I, wait till I get to you. Uh, wait till we get to talk about timing and time. Oh my God. Wrapping my head around that one is fascinating. But anyway, I digress. So pay attention to when spirit leads you to, you know, a book or a movie or whatever your jam is. Or maybe remember Claire Sensation. Maybe you go into a library or bookstore and local bookstore and decide that, you know, maybe there's a something there for you to read, to explore, to look at, to consider. And then you use Claire Sensation to, you know, have it you be brought to whatever it is that would be beneficial, whether it's a magnetic pull or a tingling or claircognizance and inner knowing. Um, see how that goes. So I'm excited to share all of this with you because the goal really is to um, help you explore and understand your own inner knowing so that you might benefit. This soul searching in this way is I think beneficial for anyone, but it's especially important for people that want to go on in their own psychic work to do reads or channeling. Because as I've told you before, when, especially when you're doing reads, you don't want to be working through the filters of your own shit. <laughs> you want to process through as much of your own past and uh, static interference, if you will, so that when you give reads, they can be clear and um, without the kind of added layerings of your own crud. So this soul work, you know, it's kind of like the same reason why most therapists seek therapy, one would hope. Otherwise, you're going to pigeonhole. So the same goes true for psychics or intuitives or whatever you want to call yourself or mediums. Um, the more you the soul work that you do on yourself, the better it will be for when you're giving reads. So I just wanted to mention that because otherwise your reads and your perceptions are going to be clouded with, uh, interference of where you're stuck in life and where your shadow is. You remember Jung and shadow energy where your, um, darkness is, you're not going to be able to look there, or you might project all of that, all of your stuff, onto um, your read or someone else. And if if you only have that space to go into or relate to, then it will cloud your reads. And so it's really important as a person that gets into doing soul reads or psychic reads or mediumship that they do process their own stuff. So I want to return to the initial statements or questions that I started this episode with. If you feel that nothing you ever do is good enough, or if you feel unsatisfied with your life, then this episode is for you. One thing you have to realize is that some people were born with soul purpose intact 
and imprinted on their soul. And there is a sense of, I've got to do more. I've got to do more. I'm not doing enough on a soul level. And so that's a whole nother conversation. But this episode was hoping to help you address if that was actually impregnated on your soul, imprinted on your soul by your early upbringing or from other people's standards or from other people's um, neglect or how you were raised, you know, no blaming just because everybody has their own journey and their own experience. But it was just to encourage you to explore that. The other thing was if you were feeling as if you are unsatisfied in your life. Now, either of those, the unsatisfaction and the everything I do is nothing I do is good enough or I'm not good enough or whatever. You know, there's, it's very different than I'm not good enough and what I do isn't good enough. I always strive to do the best possible job in my work. I think I'm freaking good enough. I have great positive self-esteem. You know, are there areas in my life that I can improve, improve upon? Absolutely. But I'm not going to let those take me out. I'm going to have those push me further. So this episode hopefully was about you looking back to things. What can you change or what needs to be addressed if you do have issues of self-love? You know, if that's not as a happy, balanced area in your being as you would like it to be. And if you have things that you're, if you're feeling unsatisfied in your life or, you know, taking the time to look, do you recognize and honor your feelings? Do you pay attention and allow them to guide you as they're meant to guide you, both your in psychic knowing and your inner knowing, as well as your feelings on situations? Do you honor yourself as a whole being? That's what this episode was hope, hoping to have you look at or consider so that you can come to a place where you do become satisfied in your day-to-day -day activities and in your life. And you've given your life meaning because you've embraced it as your own and you've co-created and directed it. And that goes back to allowing your feelings and allowing your inner knowing to guide and steer you. You know what I'm saying? Because if all of those things, if you've shirked your feelings, put yourself down, don't put yourself first, don't trust yourself, don't honor your feelings, then you are definitely going to be unsatisfied. And you're definitely going to feel like whatever you do isn't good enough. And you're always going to look like, look for outward recognition and honoring and accepting. There was a time in my life that I was like, wow, Con, are you teaching and you want to be on stage because, you know, there's this thing of not feeling as if you were seen or whatever. That's not it. <laughs> I mean, for a while there, it was like, oh, that would be really cool because the energy. It's also, yeah, I'm an energy junkie. I t can tell when I'm on stage, I feel the energy is palpable back and forth. I told you about the experience in Australia. I was out of my body and I was able to do those spontaneous healings because the light of it all was moving through me. You know, I wasn't doing that on my own. So I definitely love that. Who wouldn't love that? You know, do I need it to feel self-love? Like, oh no, because I'm doing my work. Even if I, even in the years that I didn't do my psychic work as for money, I was doing it on a soul level because I, and I'll get to that later in another episode, because I know that the power of prayer is real and those things are strong. So as we've done this journey through this episode, really what I'm asking you to do is to look at those two areas. If you don't feel like 
um, you know, if you feel like perfectionism is part of your thing, explore that. Why is that? You know, and also if you're feeling unsatisfied, what needs to change, man? What needs to change? And the two things that will really get you there, in my op opinion, is to look deeply at your um, kind of your history and your past, right? But also in your day-to-day -day recognition of honoring yourself and honoring your needs and honoring your feelings and honoring your inner knowing and honoring your soul awareness and using those to guide you, not denying yourself. Because when you deny yourself, that's it. You're not even playing it. You're not even playing the game of the life. <laughs> you aren't, you aren't. So good Lord. I hope, I hope that all my chit chat here has helped you on your journey and that you are beginning to understand and recognize that approval for you comes from the inside. It comes from the inside. Nobody else. Nobody else. It's you and your maker, man. And why do I say maker? Because we're going to get to the higher consciousness chakra. And if you're feeling less than, that's because you're in a lower sense of self. You're in your ego space. But once you abundantly recognize how magnanimous you are, you're functioning from a higher conscious level which is what spirit work is, which is connected to God, which is connected to all that is. And so if you're feeling down, anytime you're feeling down, look at yourself through God's eyes. That's what I want you to do. Or great spirit or higher power or all that is. You know the saying, God doesn't make mistakes. So if you've got something that's taking you out, go higher and say, all right, what do I need to do in this moment? What am I, what have I been um, denying or avoiding? And help me look with truth, honesty, and self-love at these situations. I know you have this. I know you're doing remarkable work. The soul, journey of the soul and soul awareness is not always easy, but it's, um, it's beneficial. I promise you. I promise you. So good luck on that. You've been listening to Soul Awareness with Constance Mesmer. It has been an honor to share with you. The world will be an amazing place if everyone listened to their own soul awareness. That I know. And I'm grateful and bowing to you for listening to your own. Thanks for tuning in. Legally speaking, this podcast is presented solely for educational and entertainment purposes. It is not intended as a substitute for medical diagnosis, treatment, or the advice of a physician, psychotherapist, or other qualified professional. You should not use this information to diagnose or treat a health problem or condition. Always check with your doctor. Thank you.